Welcome back. This is... <laughs> I forgot what our podcast is called. Welcome back. I am scared. Welcome back, Beer Leavers, to the Don't Stop Beer Leaving podcast. I'm Chris. That's Michael. Thanks so much for joining us here. Episode four. I can't believe we're already on episode four. Mm -hmm. It's good to be back. Um, Merry Christmas to everybody. Happy Happy New Year. Year. Mm -hmm. Um, This is our first recording in 2020. We've obviously uh, launched the podcast on 1-1, but did those recordings in 2019. And this is the first time Mike and I have had a chance to get together in 2020. Can you believe that? That's amazing. Yeah, Yeah. it's amazing. Well, Merry Christmas and Happy New Year to you. Merry Christmas. There Happy New Year. Yes, indeed. Um, <laughs> but um, it's, it's good to be back, like I mentioned, and we have a great show today. We hope you enjoy it. Um, we hope everybody brought their uh, their tasting notes and mm-hmm. their, and their, their, their information on their challenge. But um, maybe just what did you do over the over the break? I mean, we haven't really seen each other in a while. Yeah, sure. Um, well, I visited my sister for the holiday for mm. Christmas. Um, and what's really great is that she knows me so well and went to, um, a couple beer stores and got me some beer. Um, actually one of her favorite beer stores, which is, it might be a hot take. One of her favorite bottle shops is Aldi with the grocery store. I didn't even know they sold beer. Uh, yeah, I think it's, I guess it's a state thing. I guess cause here in, here in Virginia, you can do that. I don't okay. think they could do that in Maryland. Not that I know of any Aldi's in Maryland, but um, what's really interesting is I've seen it before is they have a, an eclectic selection. They always have, you know, something that I haven't heard about or something that I've heard about, but I've never been able to get my hands on, um, in my studies. And one of those, one of my sister's gifts to me was a beer de garde, um, Northern France style, um, beer de garde translates, translates into like beer that is meant for storage. So you brew okay, it usually in like the, as the months get colder, you know, and they stay through winter and that's the first thing you drink in spring. So it's just beer that's because those hot months are not good for storing beer or drinking beer because it goes bad. Um, so it was really nice to try that for the first time ever. Um, she got me a Belgian quad, which was oh, actually nice. pretty fantastic. Um, but the thing about Aldi's though, is that they have such great selection and these are usually contract brewers. So breweries say that they sell in this beer, but it's usually brewed by someone else. Yeah. Um, actually, I think we ran into that with Costco. They had a whiskey that was, that they say is Kirkland. Right, that's the Costco brand. Right, and they, they have Kirkland vodka, Kirkland, right. you but know. They contract someone else to, to create that for them because yeah. if, they, if mm-hmm. they're making scotch, it has to be in Scotland, right? So, well, I think as well, the um, they've been sold or they've purchased um, even full distilleries. Oh, wow. From um, again, this is not a fact, this is what, I, what I've heard. I think this is partially true, but mm-hmm. I think like Grey Goose, for instance, either, either lets them use or, or you know, sold them a portion of, of a certain distillery where, um, they used to, you know, distill their, their vodka. So in a lot of ways, it's, it's very comparable to the, the real deal. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, So, um, so they have a lot of selection Aldi, but what they make sure what they lose kind of in that selection is kind of quality. Um, based on the notes that I had, um, reading about beer to guard and what I tasted, I didn't see a whole lot of, kind of uniqueness or maybe I'm not supposed to but I always thought a beer that's aged cellared you know at 50 55 degrees over a course of time so that you can have it in the spring should should have some specific notes maybe of of the wild like farmhouse that you're cellaring in them in or just like a lighter body because of the aging but 
I don't know, it, was, it was a fantastic beer, but I just didn't see maybe the, the beer to guard note come out. But, you know, it was really awesome to, to receive those gifts. And my brother came up, too, to visit us, and he just moved from Richmond, unfortunately, because I loved visiting him there. Yeah, Richmond's great. <laughs> We've talked about Richmond before. Yeah. <laughs> to Charlotte, North mm-hmm. Carolina. And apparently Charlotte is also booming for young um, breweries, and um, he brought some... I think it was it was called Tropical Kush or something like that. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Tropical Kush. Tropical Kush. Um, Love that. By a by a brewery down there that I think is one of their bigger ones. Okay. And so he was really excited to bring me that and share that with me. And was, I was reading the can and they were the notes that were you know dank hop flavor mixed with there's that, that dank word again. I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I need to also work on my vocabulary, but that is actually their word on the can. Um, dank hot flavor mixed with tropical notes like pineapple yeah. or something like that. Yeah. And um, definitely pineapple in the nose, definitely like mm-hmm. just tropical lighter flavors right there. And then you drink it and it's you I expected this this really green, piney hop dankness mm-hmm. um, to balance it out, but it was actually pretty light and it was really, oh. really nice. Um, but not what the can kind of described. But really excited to go visit my brother now and see what the beer scene down in Charlotte is. Also to see my brother, I guess. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's always a nice thing. Yeah. Yeah, but maybe, maybe we'll do some trips down there. You know, that's we'll, a great idea. We'll, uh, we'll go visit some of those those breweries. That's a great idea. I did a pretty good break as well. Yeah, um, took you some were time in off. Switzerland. I was. I did trip to Switzerland for a week. Did some skiing in Zermatt. Got to see the Matterhorn. Okay. Also did a couple days in London just by myself, kind of exploring. So got to see Buckingham Palace and. Wow. Big Ben and all that stuff. So, yeah, it was Amazing. a good break. It was yeah. a good break. But it's good to be back, um, you know, recording for you guys again. Um, and like we mentioned earlier on, we hope you guys found your um, your beer for the challenge of last week. And, mm-hmm. Mike, let's go right into it here. Let's. Okay. What, did, what did you find for the challenge? Obviously, the challenge, as a reminder, was to find a barrel-aged stout. Mm-hmm. Um, if possible, one that was, you know, had an origin, original stout. That was then barrel aged. You right. could kind of compare both of those two beers, yeah. but that's pretty hard to find. It was a tough ask, and I do recognize that because I got lucky. So if you remember two weeks ago, I was mm-hmm. drinking Glen Cocoa by Black Flag. Yep. And what's really cool is that they created a variant that was barrel aged um, in a bourbon barrel that is called Some Progression Wieners. That's this crowler right here. Um, and I think, I, based on how I'm, how I'm tasting it, I'm assuming it was aged for somewhere between four and six months. Um, but fantastic beer. If you remember my notes from the Glen Coco, it was like silky and drinking like a like a lighter body chocolate milk. Um, but definitely, definitely like not a scary stout. You know, it was only set, sitting about like five, five and a half percent or mm-hmm. so. Um, sweet. This one, you're definitely tasting some of that bourbon. Um, you're getting a little bit of that oak. But that thinness of the alcohol is definitely cutting down the body. Um, the alcohol content is pushed up a little bit because of leaching out that bourbon barrel. Um, but otherwise, it's it's more like biting into a dark chocolate bar than it is like drinking a chocolate yeah, milk. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. Fantastic beer. Give me what you guys got, though. Give me uh, comments in below. Tell me what you, what you drank, where you got it from. And give me your tasting notes. I love tasting notes. I want to read them. I want to compare. Um, if it's interesting, I want to also drink it. So Yeah, me, we'll go out and get it. And yeah. We'll maybe include it in one of the Triple B mm-hmm. oh, uh, segments okay. we do every now and then. But <laughs> that's great. Um, maybe before we dive into Barrel Agent a little bit, do you mm-hmm. want to talk about Black Flag? Because I know they're, they're a favorite brewery of yours, and we've, we've actually gone there as well together mm-hmm. before. Um, 
They're up in Maryland. Is it Columbia? Columbia. Columbia, mm-hmm. Maryland. Mm-hmm. And they put out some some great products. Oh, yeah, sure. No, Black Flag is one of my favorites. I, I would go there not only to try these darker beers, but again, they have a, a Dank Hop series that they're mm-hmm. just experiment, experimenting more with IPAs. Yeah, we talked about that a couple weeks mm-hmm, ago. Mm-hmm. And that's something that I think... That was some of my influence on my prediction of where we're going next in, in beer. Right. You know, I think we're going to go back to IPAs, but we're going to start experimenting with, with hops that we haven't heard about. Um, down the road from Black Flag, I went to Sapwood a couple days ago, and they're playing around with hops I haven't even heard about. Um, mm. But also hops from New Zealand, like I said. I think we're going to start seeing new um, hop variants, not only here in America, but also you know outside of the States. It's going to yeah. be interesting. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's dive into barrel aging mm-hmm. beers yeah uh what's the what's the draw for that you know what why is it done and and maybe a little bit of history if, if you have it on, yeah on, on how that came about so you know in my studies um i came across this this tidbit where i think it, i don't know how true it is because i it doesn't seem too true to me is that barrel aging as a whole in, ter- in terms of craft beer doing it um came back or came in around the early 90s from uh, what was it? Uh, Goose Island. Okay. You know, they they started. They actually have a very famous beer that now eludes me of the name, um, but they have a very famous barrel aged beer. I think that that kind of brought attention to it. But sure. I think this originated much earlier. Um, you know, back in in the early days, like early early days, talking about BC here, beer was obviously stored in in wood or something like that. Mm-hmm. Originally, it was like maybe wine skins or you know um, animal skins. But we started moving towards you know jars and also wood because we realized that the the skins were actually imparting harsh flavors but so i think it didn't originate back in the 90s that seems a little too new right Um, but it's it's kind of a new phenomenon in in what what craft beer is doing you know so what's really cool about barrel aging beer or just aging beer in general is that you start off with maybe a beer that's you know a little harsh or uh, um, a little uh, bitter or something like that and then as the aging process comes um, you'll, you know, not in wood, you'll, you'll impart flavors of sherry or just like lowering that, that bite. And then once you add like a barrel age or a bourbon barrel age, you'll start mm-hmm. imparting not only the bourbon flavors, but things like vanilla yeah. or coconut. Mm-hmm. Um, very fun to, to play around with those flavors. So I think that's where we're going to be going. Um, not only in darker beer, but I think we're going to be starting playing with even, you know, IPA barrel aging. Yeah, and that's something that we, we've talked a little bit about this before, but mm-hmm. it, it seems like barrel aging maybe is not always conducive to every beer style. I, I think that there are certain characteristics, mm-hmm. at least from my perception, of beers that would, would be very su- suitable for a barrel-aged um, you know, uh, span of time. And I think a stout, obviously, is probably the go-to the go-to beer you think of, right? It's, it's right. maybe going to have a bit, um, it's, it's like that bite you mentioned, it's a bit darker, it, the caramelization, those kind of flavors, mm-hmm. those, those rich, you know, um, notes that will come out through that, um, mm-hmm. sweetness, things of that nature. Uh, but in my head, I don't think of an IPA as something I would want to throw in a bourbon barrel. Yeah. Um, you know, if that's done, wh- wh- how is that, you know, becoming, um, so popular. No, well, I'm glad you brought that up. Is that not every style is is benefiting okay. from aging, or especially bourbon barrel aging? Um, I don't think I've heard yet of a of a an IPA that's put in a bourbon barrel, um, because you know IPAs are meant to be enjoyed fresh. You want that mm-hmm. fresh hop aroma and flavor. Um, there are some IPAs where sometimes, especially if it's just not your preference, if you have a triple IPA and you let that just sell it for a bit, it might be more, more enjoyable to you. But um, 
I don't think that that style is very conducive to aging too long, mm. especially in a bourbon barrel, because that's just going to impart, you know, that again, vanilla, also that boozy uh, bourbon flavor, which doesn't seem to be compatible with that fresh hop profile. Mm -hmm. um, but I have heard of some breweries trying experimenting with it. I mean, we got to keep pushing the envelope. And um, I guess that's a good point, right? Like barrel aging doesn't necessarily mean it's it, it has to be in something as specific as a bourbon barrel, right? True. And there are probably barrels out there, either um, new or previously used for some other liquor mm -hmm. um, or wine or something that um, are more conducive to aging those IPAs. Well, I'm glad and that's you what they're experimenting with. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you brought that up. Is that um, distilleries and breweries have always had a kind of relationship because of the fact that bourbon barrels can only mm -hmm. be used once right correct so, yeah um well at least for bourbon for bourbon yeah, right yeah. and so a lot of breweries have been trying to take bourbon barrels off distillers hands mm -hmm. if they're not going to use them for something else and that's where we get our aged stouts from but i think there's been a lot of relationships between breweries and wineries now mm -hmm. where we're taking hands uh, we're taking barrels of chardonnay off their hands and we're not putting stouts in them but we're putting something like a sour or an ipa and mm. and that way we can kind of complement that dry white wine grape with the fresher um lighter uh, flavors of of our of our of our um of our ipas or our sours totally and that makes a lot more sense to me right yeah mm -hmm. well let's talk a bit about barrel aging in general you mm -hmm. know like what's the um i think obviously the origins of that at least lie with with spirits right they lie yeah. lies with liquor initially and obviously they're taking that and they're and they're and they're transitioning it to beer. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, you know, whiskey's kind of my cup of tea, yeah, if you will. Uh, it's it's, it's more what I, what I know about um, <laughs> other than beer. And I think from from that perspective, we we think about why it's done first and foremost, right? Mm -hmm. You have to understand why why would they even do that to begin with? Um, it's obviously to enhance the flavor, right, and the notes and the characteristics of whatever you're. Mm -hmm. you're uh, you're aging yeah um, it's not every spirit is conducive to the aging process i think that has to do with um the difference between a column distilled or pot distilled liquor oh okay um column distilled liquors typically do not um retain a lot of that initial you know uh, grittiness or, or, or characteristic of, of, of the spirit and mm -hmm. are therefore not very conducive to the aging process. It's not right. going to change very much. So a column distilled liquor like gin or vodka uh, okay. is not going to really change much in a barrel. Whereas things that are pot distilled, such as, you know, a uh, scotch or a mezcal, those are going to be very conducive to the aging process and because they those... retain a lot yeah. of that initial, you know, funk, if you will, to, um, to that spirit. Uh, mm -hmm. And so when you put them in something like a, uh, a sherry, you know, barrel or a, a port mm -hmm. cask or something of that nature, it really enhances the flavor of the spirit. Huh, there are exceptions to this. Obviously I think, um, you know, bourbon, you mentioned bourbon being that one use charo. Right. You know, Do you know why that is? is that well, a... it's just in the, in the laws of bourbon. It says if you can't, you cannot, um, it has to pass through, a charred of new charred oak barrel huh. to be qualified as bourbon. So that's cool. Um, it is, it is pretty cool. <laughs> now people get around that, right? You could technically, I guess, age it in something else for a while and then pass it through a charred oak barrel and it becomes bourbon. If you, oh, if you think about it that that's way, that's so but, interesting. Yeah. But I mean, in general, that's typically a real bourbon. I think a true bourbon oh. is going to be aged for a period of time in a charred oak barrel, but that's actually a column distilled liquor that is very conducive 
to the aging process. Really? So that there's exceptions to, to what we just talked about. But, you know, in general, taking that knowledge of why spirits are, are, are aged, right, mm-hmm. to, to kind of um, enhance those, those compounds that increase the flavor of whatever you're um, distilling. Mm-hmm. And then um, uh, from there, you know, having those, 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 flip, we had a, we just, we just had a light go on. <laughs> Pause. Our lights are back on. So Woo-hoo. now we can continue the podcast, but we were us. talking about the, um, you know, the, the aging process of liquor and how mm-hmm. that translates to, to aging beer. So with that knowledge, we just talked about, it makes perfect sense why, uh, people would experiment with beer. Oh, yeah, sure. With, with aging beer, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, in, in those kind of barrels. Yeah. I mean, so playing around with, with the different ingredients, like I said, and I think our pilot episode, you're always trying to figure out new things. You're always trying to be um, new on the block. Also, you want to be the first one to discover it. Sure. Um, and barrels is just another way to push that envelope. Um, and also, it's a great way to just promote other small businesses, other other craft breweries or distilleries or wineries. So it's really great. I always I always love collaboration like that. Yeah. I was at a um I was I, was, I think I was talking about this. I was at Sapwood and not only did I find some really interesting stuff in terms of um, sours and and new drops, but they have a a bottle which I wasn't able to purchase unfortunately because I was on my way at my way out and I didn't realize it had to be consumed on premise mm. but they had a, uh, a bottle that was being sold that was aged in a Chardonnay barrel I'd oh. love to try that yeah that's I know. awesome yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A, lot of, a lot of cool stuff in the works um, in regard to barrel aging and mm-hmm. I think we'll probably dive into this in more detail in the future definitely um, there's a whole a lot here. more about the, kind of the beer side of that of that aging process and maybe bring in a few options you know that we, we can find um, in regard to um, beers that have been barrel aged in, mm-hmm. in one form or another. But uh, Mike, with that being said, maybe let, let's go into the challenge for, for this next week and, and yeah. talk about, um, you know, what you want people to bring to the table for, for next week. Yeah, no, I, well, you know, on the topic of barrels, and I think it's because of, of the, of the uh, challenge I gave you guys last week. Um, not everything, again, has to be a dark beer aged in a bourbon barrel. You, there are other things that are aged in a beer, in a, in a, in a barrel, so, you know, like those sours that are aged in the Chardonnay barrel or something like um, just something that comes in the style, like the beer de garde that's aged because it, it's usually aged throughout the colder months and then drink uh, as you get into the spring or summer. Try and find something like that. Try and find something that's aged in a barrel. See and give me your tasting notes, you know, get that pen and paper, mm-hmm. work on that vocabulary, um, beer vocabulary. I want to see if you can taste, you know, maybe the wood itself, oak. Um, maybe you're tasting the last thing that was in that barrel before. Not all the, not all the time is the barrel just used to, to hold um, alcohol or spirits. It's also sometimes used to hold grains, and sometimes yeah. that has a little bit of, uh, of an imparted flavor. Um, also, at, like, see if you find something else that's just awakened. You know, like like in a, in just to have, for example, the stout, right? Asian a bourbon barrel, you sometimes get the flavor of coconut and vanilla. It's not like those are put into the barrel that's just something that's awakened in the aging process right. try and find something that's like a, a unique flavor that's awakened in the aging process in the barrel um you know whether it be a stout whether it or sorry whether it or not be a, a, a sour or an ipa aged um you know give me your tasting notes tell me where you got it from too if you went to a barrel uh, to a brewery or if you went to a bottle shop would love to hear those would love to shout out some places um and also if it's great i would love to try it myself and go find yeah, it so totally. yeah <laughs> 
Absolutely. So, mm-hmm. We want to try everything that you guys find, especially if it's good. So like mm-hmm. Mike said, please, you know, comment below with what you guys found this week. Obviously, comment on this video with your barrel aged selection mm-hmm. uh, and then go out and, 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 you know, take this challenge by the horns and, and find that that next barrel aged something. <laughs> <laughs> barrel aged something. Yeah. So with that being said, thanks, everyone, for tuning into the episode. We appreciate all the feedback we've gotten so far. Mm-hmm. Um, quick shout out, I think, to, to Jack, um, who, who emailed us with a very, very kind email and gave us some awesome suggestions for um, different uh you know, segments we can, we can try on the podcast as well as some, some beer, uh, suggestions oh, yeah. where, where he lives in Dayton. So Jack, hopefully we can, we can come out and visit you sometime soon and, uh, perhaps even, you know, do a little brewery tour out there with you. I would but love that. Yeah. You can, um, you can please give us a review on, on Apple podcasts. Um, you can find us on, uh, Instagram, follow us on Instagram, like us on Facebook. And again, like Jack did, you can almost email us as well at, um, don't stop your leaving at gmail.com. So that being said uh, we hope you guys have a great rest of your week and we will see you next week cheers